Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to another week of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Jadefire. And I'm Big Mama. And we also have another little guest with us today, Mr. Evergreen. <laughs> Although he, he's, his insight won't be a lot. Uh, he's not very old yet. <laughs> How old is he? Like one? He'll be two in a few months. But, yeah, if you hear any breathing. random sounds <laughs> or his heavy breathing. For those babies listening out there. <laughs> he's a little under the weather. Yeah, so he's cuddling with Big Mama today. So, yeah, if you have any weird random noises, or he, you'll know where it comes from. You don't miss your evergreen. All right. So we're continuing our journey through Matthew, uh, starting in 20 and 21, and going heading by heading. I believe that Ruby is a couple sections behind so she'll be starting us off with the first one and then jadefire will go with the next one since he's also behind me and then i'll join in until we finally catch up to rosella (laughs) (laughs) all right so ruby where do you begin i'm in chapter 20 verses 17 and 19 jesus again prophesies his death um, what did I learn about God? That he is super strong and will always come back. Super strong. So if if we build super up our... Super big. Super strong. Super wonderful. God. Whoa. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah, you like that song? <laughs> All right. So. You're saying that if we build up our muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that, we can't die. There's an end in there. End will always come back. I didn't say because of that he'll always Oh, come so back. we can come back from death if we're super muscly. No, I didn't say that was... That's <laughs> not what she said. I just explained that to you and you worded it different. <laughs> of course I worded it different. Alright. Okay. Yep, he will always come back. He promised that he'll come back. And we look forward to that. Jade Fire, what do you got for us in the next section? A mother's request. Uh, my question comes from verse 28. Uh, what can you learn about God? That he loves us and He and gave his life for us. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. All right, Ruby, what do you got for that section? The ambition of Jacob and John. No. Ambition. What did I learn about God slash Jesus? Um, that he knows what the uh, Jacob and John meant to ask, um, but he granted to them what they did ask. Like you explained some of this kind of last week, how they asked to be at his right and his left, or like they asked, or he even asked them if they could bear the cross, basically, drink from the cup and he said that that would happen hmm yep and i asked what the cup was didn't i yep 
Oh, I, I, guess I forgot Big Mama wasn't with us last week. Did you have anything for these two sections? What two sections? Uh, Jesus predicts his death a third time and a mother's request. Um, yeah, mine's kind of tied together with both of them. So Jesus uh, predicts his death here. He says that he is going to be handed over um, to be mocked, flogged, crucified, um, and raised from the dead. And it is very, like, relatable in, in a sense. I'm not saying quite to this extent. But um, he's like, these terrible, horrendous things that are going to cause me to sweat blood are going to happen to me. This is what's coming. And then these two guys are like, yeah, anyways, can we ask you a favor? <laughs> and it's just like, okay, well, thanks for absorbing that. What's the favor? <laughs> you know, his um, reaction, I think, is very kind. In verse 21, he simply says, what do you want? He's not scolding them. He's not, I mean, even further on, he doesn't scold them when he says, are you able to drink the drink? the cup that I'm about to drink. Um, he doesn't scold them or anything with that even. He just very patiently explains it to them despite their um, lack of interest or empathy or concern or like absorbing anything that he just said. Yeah. They're just moving on to what they want. Well, it does seem that every time he predicts his death, they don't seem to quite get it. Yeah, no, and I think it even says somewhere that this was hidden from them. Hmm. So you can't really fault them and be like, how did you not know this? Because God was literally blinding their eyes to it until the right time. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was also, and I know I talked about this last week too, but it, it it intrigued me because he just talked about his death. And so when he talks about the cup, like, can you drink from this cup? We, we can assume, especially based off of his request to God later, um, to have the cup pass by him, that the cup is his crucifixion mm-hmm. to take on that. And so when they asked to be on the right or left, it made me think that possibly when he refers to who will be on his right or left, and it's for people that are, like, who also drink the cup, that it, he, Jesus himself, might actually be referring to the two other men on the cross. And so that James and John, or Jacob and John, don't actually know what they're asking, because they're basically asking to be crucified right beside him. I mean, they kind of are. They don't realize it, but yeah. Yeah. But, like, they're thinking, oh, we want to sit next to you as you sit on the throne. Oh. Where Jesus is answering as if they're like, hey, we want to be right next to you as you ascend. Which is when you take on that whole brunt of things and are up on a cross, but they don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's kind of amusing and interesting. And then he does say that they basically will be crucified later, which I, at least I know some of the apostles were crucified later. I don't remember who all gets crucified. but I don't remember all their different deaths. I've heard them all. They'll at least die points, but... for their belief it seems where are dumb. their names i know they're the sons of zebedee was that james and john yeah james and john okay. jacob and john yep okay yeah they're the brothers the sons of zebedee okay. that were called from being fishers um yeah, i'm pretty sure james is one of the first martyrs but um i feel like that was james jesus's brother not james the brother of john hmm. i could be wrong i thought stephen was the first martyr uh, he was, you're, you're correct. He was the first martyr. Uh, James was the first uh, apostle, apostle recorded to be killed in Acts. It talks about how he was arrested and killed. Well, in Acts, it talks about the first martyr. Yeah. Yeah, it's right after. Might even be the next chapter right after um, Stephen is killed. No, Paul is. Yeah, Paul is the focus of that story. Stephen yeah, is remember. killed in, um, I think he's killed in chapter 7, but they arrest him and stuff in chapter 6. Yeah. 
Or is it 16 and 17? No, it's early. It's like okay, 6 and 7. Seven. It's 1 and 2 because I remember. Yeah, it is farther on because James, I believe it is, is killed. And then Paul, oh, Paul is arrested immediately thereafter. So that's why they're so stressed out about Paul because mm. another apostle was just killed. So, you know, be a little stressful. But Paul, in his letters, he talks about it. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> I will die for this. That's that's all right. <laughs> Anywho. All right. So the next section, two blind men receive sight. I wrote my note off of 31. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Yeah, they were telling the crowd, like, they rebuked the crowd, or the crowd rebuked them, sorry, the people coming in, the blind men, but they didn't listen to them. They, they kept coming, seeking God, because that that's the point. We need to focus on him. And it was interesting, in a way, that they could see what they needed <laughs> when they're blind. While everybody else is like, leave him alone. It's like, no, 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 This is what he, like, they should be seeking him out. Don't tell people to leave Christ alone. Christ wants them to come to him. <laughs> yeah. So we shouldn't be listening to what the world's telling us. We yeah. should be focused on God. That was my note for the blind, two blind men receive sight. What about you, Big Mama? You have anything? Mine's very similar. I had written they did not stop, they did not stay quiet, but continued calling to Jesus, mm. despite the crowd trying to make them essentially. Yeah, so we both pulled. Being kind of told, this, you know, yeah. you're being silly, you're being ridiculous. No, they weren't. They were doing the better thing. And then also, um, when it says immediately they could see, and they followed him. Um, what did they do as soon as they had their sight? They utilized it to follow Jesus. Mm, and yeah. I thought that was really neat. When Jesus gives you the ability to do something or see something, use it to the fullest. Ruby? Mine comes from part of verse 34. It's a long verse, but... Um, to always have faith um, because there is good reward for it. Like, in verse 34, Jesus says, your faith has saved, your faith has healed you. He says that, though? The whole verse. Jesus was deeply moved with compassion toward them, so he touched their eyes, and instantly they could see. Jesus said to them, Your faith has healed you. And all the people praised God because of this miracle, and the two men became his followers from that day onward. Are you in Matthew? <laughs> yeah. Here's what mine says. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. I'm pretty sure what she's saying is from Mark. Um, it's the Passion Translation, so I'm assuming that it was uh, pulled from somewhere else is the only thing I can guess. Yeah, but it's not from Matthew then, so it's a little weird. Because yeah, like, Jesus I doesn't agree. even speak. I agree. But Anyway, what was your note again real quick? Um, it came from verse 34. Um, oh, go ahead, sorry. To always have faith because there will be a reward for it. Mm. Like, faith in Jesus, there is a reward, heaven. Right. Hang on to that thing. It's because he says your faith has healed. Yeah. Yep. Faith is healing. I definitely see how you got that out of your translation of that verse. <laughs> Makes me think of, I think it's John 17. Maybe even John 17, 17. I can't remember exactly. Where he says, abide in me and I in you. He who abides in me and I in him is he who bears much fruit. I would not get 20 points in Bible quizzing for that quote. But the general idea is... If you abide in Jesus, and Jesus is abiding in you, that's the only way that you can bear fruit. And bearing fruit for Jesus is the biggest blessing of all. So it's important to keep that abiding 
Faith. Good note, Ruby. Alright, so I guess we're moving on to the next section. Where do you start, Rosella? Jesus cleanses the temple. Okay, that's what so I thought. Alright, so, Big Mama, do you have anything for the beginning of chapter 21? Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. Um, in verse 9, I had noted that they were quoting from Psalm 118, which is a victory cry. And I just thought that that was cool. I like cross-references and how relatable it is that the people at that time knew the Old Testament just like we have the opportunity to know. Mm. They didn't necessarily know it firsthand, and they probably knew it a lot more clearly than we do, given the culture. Sure. But um, that they had these things memorized and were utilizing them in their lives. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah, that is really good that they know the Old Testament really well. And I kind of envy that they understand it at a better level because of their culture yeah yeah i'm trying to remember exactly i know the songs of ascent are in that general area i'm pretty sure psalm 118 is the song of ascent um and they are the songs that they would sing on their way to jerusalem for the passover and they're like yeah victory songs like oh give thanks to the lord for he is good that's how psalm 118 starts and then it goes on obviously blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord so they had like these traveling songs that they would sing every year. Kind of like Christmas carols. Um, I was going to say kind of like The Hobbit or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this was one of them. So they probably sang this song as they were coming to Jerusalem. And were like, and now it's coming to fruition, you know. Where we sing like, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and Ransom Captive Israel. Like singing that when Jesus is actually coming back to save us all from this decaying world that'd mm. be like so much more exciting right yeah <laughs> so that level of excitement they've sang this song their whole life growing up and now it's coming to fruition you know that would be very thrilling it would be so, i just yeah. had a thought what because i said oh i'm kind of envious right <sighs> but like after saying that i was like well we are born at the time that we're meant to be right mm-hmm. and well, they understood a lot of the cultural references and context and stuff that we might miss because we are removed from that culture so so significantly. And the truths are ever, like, consistent and everything about what God has done for us and stuff. So that's, you know. But, like, we already have this other, like, view of things so that we, especially being further ahead and seeing how Jesus fulfilled prophecies in, in unexpected ways, that we're not stumbling over some of the cultural things that we were used to or the traditions we were used to. So that so we actually that helps us in a way too. So like maybe I don't need to be envious of the fact that they understand this part because if I understood that part because I was there, then I would have a tougher time getting over some of the hurdles to understand got what Jesus has really been doing and stuff and yeah. how that stuff passes away. So I take I take back my comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that he reveals himself more and more throughout all of time, like when Adam and Eve were here Yes, he walked with them, but they didn't have even the law to know. Oh, sure. To study and that sort of stuff. And so like Cain and Abel, uh, Cain knew in his heart what was wrong, but he didn't have that written down necessarily. So obviously he's held at fault because he knew it was wrong. Yeah. But it wasn't as black and white as it is for us today that if you're mad at someone, you don't hit them over the head with a rock and kill them. Like we're pretty solid on that point in this point of time. 
that wasn't necessarily as solid on that point back then, you know? And just throughout time, he reveals himself through the law for hundreds of years. But the people at that time had no idea about his compassion and everything. And then eventually they had the Pharisees telling them this is what God is supposed to be like. And how encouraging would that be? You know, not so much. And, yeah, he just keeps revealing himself more and more and more and more throughout the um, centuries. So. Well, and I would even argue that to some extent what the Pharisees were teaching and what they all believed is that, like, the Son of God would be a conquering hero saving them from the rule that they were under, right? Rome and all that stuff. Yeah. So that would be encouraging, and obviously it wasn't what happened. That part would be encouraging. Yeah. Um, being told you're unclean, go away. No, sure. You're not good enough. Yeah, if you, you ever... giving enough. If you, you ever end up stumbling right. somewhere, especially if you have, like, a disease or something that you can't get rid of and be, like, completely pushed out from everything and being isolated like that would not be fun well they really marginalized everybody who was weak even elderly parents they're like oh forget yeah. them just give us your money you yeah. know there was... which causes a lot a lack of security for sure because you're like well at any moment something could happen to me where that will put me on the outs yeah and for all the people who are on the outs because that was a lot of yeah people. yeah no I, I, we have, I, especially like... in that day and age without doctors like it doesn't take much to be yeah named or uh, of some sort sure all right ruby i believe it's your turn Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. I'm going to guess that's it, yeah. What did I learn about God slash Jesus? That, that when Jesus was alive, plenty of people worshipped him. I highlight this because usually I just think of people hating Jesus, hanging him on the cross, the Pharisees. Um, but like there were plenty of people who actually wanted Jesus to come. Yeah. That day. That day. Like, this is likely the same crowd that was screaming crucify him six days later. Right? Probably. Yeah, people are fickle. <laughs> and everybody wanted the Messiah to come, for sure. But they didn't necessarily recognize him as that person the whole time. Well, in fact, a lot of people's faith in him faltered when they're like, wait, he died? Well, then he must not be, right? Mm-hmm. If he was truly the Messiah, he wouldn't be being crucified, is mm-hmm. what their thought was. Which, is, I mean, I get. It seems like a logical process of thinking, for sure. But, again, God makes the wisdom of the world foolish, so... But if you <laughs> thought for a second, be like, wait, did he tell us he was gonna die? And yeah. come back. I think there is a point where it's like, then they remembered. Yeah, then they remembered. Yeah, I think so. I really wish God would stop hiding things from my mind all the time. Yeah. Like where I put my wall. All right. Jade Fire, what do you got for this section? The Triumphal Entry, verses 21, 1 through 11. Question, what can you learn about God? What can you learn about God? Answer, that he is all-knowing. Because he sent them to go get a donkey. That he knew was there. Yeah, that he knew was there. And wasn't going to be gone by the time they got there. Yeah, that makes me think of when he was like, oh, we need temple tax. We'll go down to the lake and grab a fish and there will be a coin in his mouth. Yeah. What? Is this some sort of side quest in Zelda? But then the disciples just trust him. They're like, okay. All right. So I have, let's see, it's called Jesus Comes to Jerusalem as King. I also highlighted verse 9 along with 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And then they did their whole crying out of Hosanna and stuff, which Big Mama mentioned. So 
my note is Jesus spent his time serving and living a humble life on the road, and yet he is still treated like a king as he enters the city. He didn't need to demand it or have some law to enforce it like many kings would do, but he was just recognized as one to praise and serve. Now, sure, they forgot later, but at the time, <laughs> they recognized who he was despite his humble living. Like, he wasn't lording over everybody, right? Like, go do this, and I command armies, and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he, he was did healing people. Armies. Yeah, he was healing people. That's what they needed. It was what they needed. Who wouldn't want that kind of a king? Right? Exactly. He was the king that we would want, really. Not have been the like, king when... we wanted, but he was the king we needed. <laughs> That's what we want and need. <laughs> Although sometimes we don't want Jesus it, right? Man. I mean, like, way back in the Old Testament, they did. They, begged god for a king right they're like give us or the prophets or whatever they're like give us a king we want a king and oh god, instead of the judges right yes. and god's like you don't want a king but okay here's a king and then he finally provides them with like the perfect king <laughs> yep and then they kill him and then they kill him yeah yeah we're idiots what can they say so rosella the next section is Jesus at the temple, or I think yours is like cleanses the temple or something. Jesus cleanses the temple. Yeah. Jesus what do you got? In the temple. Jesus what? Jesus in the temple, you said? Uh-huh. What do you got, Rosella? What do you got for us? I wrote, he got righteously mad. He got righteously mad? Yes. Righteous man. As opposed to unrighteously mad? Is there a different kind of mad? Doing, doing sin when you're angry, or doing evil when mad. But isn't being mad, isn't being mad sinful? No. No. It's just doing sin when you're mad. So, normally, when we get mad, we freak out. Sure. I would almost think that some people would suggest that Jesus freaked out by flipping over tables and making a whip. <laughs> He was trying to keep his father's house holy. He made a word. Sure, that's true. But there are other translations, or other uh, translations, other gospels that retell this story and mention a whip. <laughs> that he made. That he made. It didn't say he actually hit anybody with it, but he made one. Hardcore, man. It is hardcore. Just to scare people, like, get out. To drive like, them out? Like shooting a gun in the air. It makes me wonder, was it mm-hmm. like... I, I see it the same way. I was just going to say it's kind of like, you know, whipping at lions in the circus or whatever to keep them back. You don't actually hit them with it, but it keeps them back, right? Yeah. But yeah, a gun, too, that works. Probably loaded with a blank, because shooting a gun in the air will come down on anyone. Good. When it says he made the whip, did he just, like, grab a horse rein of leather and just, like, utilize that? Or was he, like... I thought he bound to cut some out cords. there crafting yeah. his whip for like a couple of hours the night before getting oh, ready. Like, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm just wondering, did he improvise or did he like plan on this? I don't know. It doesn't or matter. Or it's did just, he just an interesting. Wrap some thought. cables together, like he, like the old man said. Yeah. Yeah, but when did he do it? Like maybe he did it the Was night it before and spent hours. Premeditated anger. <laughs> did he know that he was going to need it the next day to drive out some people? Anyway, you had some more to say about this, Rosella. So yeah. what what makes it righteous anger? Well, he didn't exactly hurt anybody or do a sin. And it wasn't from selfish ambition. Yes. That's good. That's good. I agree with that. He wasn't he wasn't acting out of something that was being like somebody stepped on his toes or something. Ouch. Or insulted his pride. Like they were going against God's word and using his very temple to do things that they weren't supposed to be doing. So just so stuff. They were not treating 
A god with honor. Yeah. This is mostly the thing. He, the building, it doesn't matter. He, he cracks the curtain of the, everything, so. <laughs> I've heard that some um, additional information is that the money changers were probably making a profit. Mm-hmm. So they were um, price gouging. And also, this would have been in the Hall of the Gentiles, I think it's called. I might be wrong on that. Um, but it's where the Gentiles were welcome to come into the temple and um, give sacrifice and honor to God. So they were basically stealing that away from the Gentiles. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense why Jesus would be very angry about he that. He does not like people keeping people from worshiping God. Yes. So it's not even just God's honor and the temple's sure. honor. It's that other people were being prevented from coming to God because of the money changers' greed. Yeah. Yeah, either because they were occupying the space they needed to be or were blocking people from doing what they needed to do because they were price gouging. Yep. 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 I, I believe that. Like, I've also heard that. I don't know if it's actually laid out in the text, but... That does seem reasonable. Because he also warns, we've, I think we've gone through it, where he warns um, those that cause the little children to stumble or whatever. It's better mm. for a millstone to be hung around their neck and <laughs> thrown into the sea. Like, it's not good to s- stop people from coming to God at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some severe warnings about that. Yep. All right. Jadefire, what do you got for Jesus at the temple? All Jesus at the temple. Uh, verses 21, 12 through 18. What can we learn about God? That he only has anger when needed. Hmm, I like that. <laughs> yeah, he only gets angry over the things he's supposed to be angry about. Yeah. I like that. He doesn't have a short fuse that just blows. Yep. All right. My note is from 13. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. I mentioned that Jesus was usually not this physically forceful during his ministry. (laughs) Um, This seems to suggest that what was happening there was severe enough for him to act that way, or it needed to be dealt with more immediately. Like, because he got that physical, it was either very severe, or it just had, it was something that needed to be done now, taken Mm. care of now. Like, one of those things I'm guessing must be true, or both, I don't know. There seemed to be, there's definitely a reason for him to act out this way. As opposed to what he's done in previous things, where he's a lot more patient with things, and my time has yet to come. So from what I understand, <laughs> we've already talked about this, but I, my note was, from what I understand, these people were taking advantage and obstructing others from reaching the temple and giving their offerings. Uh, Jesus had some severe warnings for those, creating stumbling blocks. All what I just said. I forgot that was what was in my note, but there it is. <laughs> See, I thought these things beforehand, I swear. <laughs> Sure, sure, yeah, that's yes. what was written, huh? <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> Big Mama, did you have anything else to add that we didn't already say? Just a little bit. Um, the cross-reference back to Isaiah 56-7, where it says, My house will be called a house of prayer. Mm. The very next phrase in there, it's not quoted here, but it says, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And that just mm. kind of added to that Gentiles um, area. That's cool. I didn't realize. Concept, so... I didn't. I didn't realize that's what that said. That's that's really nifty. Yeah. So, even back in Isaiah, it was planned for his house to be a house of prayer for all nations, and they were stealing that away from them. Yeah, I don't know if we've really discussed that in this podcast at all yet, but I do because we've been only doing New Testament stuff. But it is super interesting to me over the last couple of years with studying the Bible with our other Bible studies and everything to find that. There's multiple instances where the Bible does talk about other 
nations and peoples being a part of Israel and being yeah. welcomed into it, right? Like with the Exodus and stuff, where the uh, some of the Egyptians went with, and then even in the law itself talks about provisions for people that want to be a part of them. Yeah, they're allowed to. Like you're not supposed to marry outside, whatever. But if they want to become part of them, they just have to follow the rituals of like circumcision and all that stuff, and then they can be a part of them. Mm-hmm. So it's just super interesting that that's been a plan the whole time. Whereas like some people are like, oh, well now it's for the Gentiles too. It's like it was always for it. It was always <laughs> well, for everyone. That was for everybody. <laughs> He just had some certain chosen people, and you could join that chosen people. <laughs> Often people didn't, and instead tried to control them, or take over them, or kill them, whatever. Alright, Ruby, do you have something for Jesus in the temple, or whatever yours is? Jesus in the temple. Oh yes, I got it right. What did I learn about God slash Jesus? That um, he wants the temple to be honorable, basically. Like, for there to be honor there, not just be used. And... Sure, yep. Don't desecrate this holy ground. Yeah. Yo. All right. Jesus curses a fig tree. Jesus curses the fig tree. Mm. The barren fig tree. The authority of Jesus. The fig tree withers. So, before we get too far into this section, I just have to say, like, if you're just reading Matthew straight through and not, like, taking into consideration certain aspects, like uh, how long things take place in between them or what Jesus is actually trying to point out, it does seem, as we get closer to his death, that his, like, one could suggest that he has some severe mood swings going on here. <laughs> it's like throwing, making whips, throwing tables, cursing fig trees. It's like, what is, you're stressed out, Jesus. He wasn't, but, like, if you're not taking in consideration who he really is and what he's trying to convey, <laughs> it could come across that way. <laughs> it makes me think of, like, when we're going away, whether for a few hours or the weekend or whatever, and we're like... All right, don't forget this and that and this. And don't you do that. And once again, if you do this while I'm gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, the last minute notes or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The yeah, warnings yeah. and yeah. The getting everything straightened out. Yup. I can see that. I've got 20 questions for you. I should just make a list. <laughs> don't forget. All right, Jade Fire, why don't you start us off on the fig tree? Question What does God want your life to look like? And uh, my answer to that is to pray. Mm. I um, to write down which verse I got that from. 21 and 22? Probably. Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done at the fit to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Which verses are these? 21 and 22. Oh, I mine, mine starts at 23. Your fig tree? The authority of Jesus. Oh, so you do not have a fig tree. But it was part of, but it was part of the temple section for you. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no, that's fine. Cool. That catches you up then. Is this split into three sections? Yeah, at least for me. I have. You said yours starts in temple. Jesus curses. Mine starts in twenty three and ends at ends at twenty seven. Yeah, mine too. So basically, you're just missing one of our sections because we split this one into two. I have cleansing the temple, children praise Jesus, and the barren fig tree. Whoa. Fancy. Well, I guess you should have started, but that's <laughs> no, okay. That's fine. I didn't have much <laughs> okay. up there anyways. All right. Um, so, yeah, he does want us to pray, um, but there's more than just praying. You have to be have faith as well. Yeah. You just didn't want to say that again because we've said it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't my notes, so. I also highlighted that particular section of the fig tree uh, passage. Yeah. I didn't have anything too significant about it, I guess. It's just basically what it says here. Like, he tells us what he wants our life to look like. 
Like, the, that he answers the question, right? He wants us to have faith and to not doubt. Not being limited in your mind. We've been talking about that a lot li- lately since, like, Sunday, haven't we? Yes. Because we watched a movie where it was all about freeing your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so yeah, that's that's basically it, yeah. it's a, it's a ver- I've always been, I have this highlighted in Mark as well, I think. Um, and I read it often. Like the the basic concept here is like we should be having faith, not doubt. We can move mountains, basically, but we have to be working in accordance with God's will. Like our prayer, if we're praying and talking to Him and truly wanting what He wants, right? Because even Jesus asked for something, but also had the caveat, "But not my will, Your will be done." And God's will was done, and it was opposite of what Jesus was asking for. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah, I have two notes, and that's my first one. That this has to be held in tandem with. Jesus's prayer in the garden not being answered how he wanted it answered necessarily. Right. I mean, ultimately he wanted God's will done, but he was asking, "Can this cup please be taken from me?" And it and it wasn't. So I think that's very important to remember to hold that together because otherwise it's very easy to take this and be like, "Well, you obviously just didn't have faith." Well, it's, this is what strays into like prosperity gospel stuff too, right? Like, well, you yeah. ask God for the money and all that stuff, and it'll come if you're actually having faith, right? Which is not how this works. <laughs> yeah. Yep. My other note, I was a little bit confused by my own note because I was like, "That's a fun fact." What? <laughs> it says I'd written down most fruit trees require cross pollination from nearby trees to produce fruit, and I'm like, "That's cool." What? <laughs> point i believe that's tied to that is it's important to be in fellowship with other christians to be cross-pollinating so that you can produce fruit for the kingdom of god so that was my thing don't be like this fig tree that like our apple tree that we've had in the yard for like 20 years that never had apples until we planted all the little apple trees and now has apples every year Hmm. um it needs that cross-pollination it can't bear fruit on its own yeah yeah i i was a little worried when you were talking about this i thought we were getting into like uh the birds and the bees kind of talk or something <laughs> <laughs> well that produces fruit too <laughs> i know all right rosella what do you have for jesus's curses a fig tree or do you have a section before that in between the temple and the fig tree jesus curses the temple and then jesus curses a fig tree. okay cool so what do you got i wrote jesus was showing him that the Jesus was showing them his power. Yeah. He does. He has a ultimate authority over all of creation, right? So if you don't want him to tell you to... Wither up and die? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want Jesus to tell you to wither up and die, you better be bearing fruit. Or you'll never bear fruit again. It says that he does not snuff out a smoldering wick or a bruised reed he will not break. Yes. But... But if... For, but if you do not follow him and therefore are not bearing any fruit eventually you will be burned and never bear fruit again then you're a weed then you're a weed yep don't be a weed don't do weed don't be a weed <laughs> just stay away from weed <laughs> i don't know what a weed is but i'm probably not gonna do it cause you don't know sure what a weed is a weed is what <laughs> grows outside but the grass and stuff now yeah. if you're talking about the drug weed that's yeah, marijuana I know it was a drug marijuana pot those are all the same thing yep it has a lot of slang terms for drugs. I, I believe so. I could be wrong. I don't do drugs, so I don't really know. <laughs> Marijuana, weed, and pot are all the same thing. We I at least so. know that. We're not that naive at the sheltered. <laughs> well, sometimes, honestly, honestly, if I was more involved in that world, I might realize that maybe there's like slight differences. They're basically the same, but maybe there's some slight differences. I don't know. 
really don't. I've sounded like an idiot multiple times to people when they bring up <laughs> drugs because they know a lot more about drugs because they've done them. The next section is the authority of Jesus questioned. The authority of Jesus challenged. Mm. The authority of Jesus. Hey, I was about to say that. Oh, wait, no. Jesus. The authority of Jesus questioned. I, f- I forgot I, I put a Q at the end for questioned. The authority of Jesus. This is my second to last section. Okay. My third to last. So, I always, I, I really enjoy this section. My favorite section for this week. I just really, yeah. honestly, I just enjoy how Jesus responds to a lot of questions he gets most of the time. Um, he's very smart <laughs> and very clever. <laughs> and often just uses questions of his own to point out the flaws of theirs. Not only is he smart, and he knows what he's talking about, obviously, but he's very discerning as to which answer to use at which time. Right. Well, and he knows what they're looking for most of the time, whether they're generally asking questions or if they're trying to trap him, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is later. Yeah, Yeah, I never know where people are coming from. I'm always like, here's my naive answer to your point-blank question. And they're like, ha-ha. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, because... Because when we record these, we've already started the next week's, right? And so I've already read the the trap section for this for the next episode, mm. where they're trying to trap him with a question with the coins. Mm, yeah. And it's I know so I'll probably talk about this a little bit again, but it's just interesting to me because they try to paint this either or picture to trap him. Oh yeah. And he's like both. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> like the meme, right? But but like it's just it's also. And illust- like we see this, uh, if you're paying attention, you see this all the time, even in like like political realms, for example. There's the right and the left, right? And they will present these things. Well, it's either this or this, and it's like, why are we even talking about this? There's these other problems that we got to deal with. Like this isn't the issue. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's a it's a means of controlling people a lot of times and yeah. directing how you want them to go, which is what they tried to do, Jesus. But of course, he's like he sees through it all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my my comes from. 25 through 26 when he brings up john's baptism and asks where it comes from so the people questioning him obviously (laughs) this is funny because this actually ties into my note for the other section i was just talking about but they let their fear of man sway them because they were afraid Mm. of what was coming right like they were trying to appease the people that they're supposed to be guiding and leading (laughs) and so they didn't want to be ousted from their position which is just stupid you're supposed to be teaching the truth no matter what yeah. Um, so if they had sought God's wisdom rather than cling to their own traditions, they would have gained so much more. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. they would have lost their power, their worldly power, probably in that time, because a lot of people would have been against them. But like, probably would have gotten martyred. Probably would have gotten martyred. <laughs> and as Paul tells us later, to die is gain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so doesn't make it less scary though. Underst- well, right, I'm not saying it's not scary, but ultimately it's going to be for the best, yep. <laughs> instead of clinging to these temporary things. Yep. No, I really liked how he cut to the heart of it, which um, I feel like we- saves people from wasting a lot of breath and energy. Um, cutting to the heart of, are you actually asking these questions because you're seeking? Or are you asking these questions because you're dissecting? and attacking Mm -hmm. um because we can waste a lot of our energy on people who aren't seeking yep um just trying to prove them wrong or whatever you know um 
and recognizing that and being aware of that so that you don't waste your energy and emotions and time on people who aren't seeking, I think is a good way to go. And we're not as discerning as Jesus, so we can't always tell and we might make mistakes there sometimes either way. But to try to be like, are you actually wanting an answer? Or are you just wanting to yeah. say that Jesus is wrong? And I used to get caught up in a lot of that, especially online. Yeah. Um, I don't anymore. I, I recognize that some people are just not... Like, sometimes if there's a, something that's posted out there, and I'll be like, I might respond. But then I... Then usually one response after that, you can tell where they're actually at, right? Like, yep. if they're actually seeking some... Or willing to hear something, and if they're not, then I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I was waitressing, my uh, manager saw me reading 40 Days of Purpose, because that was the book of the year back then. Um, but yeah, he was asking me a bajillion questions, like, constantly, all day long, for like three days. And I was like, like, I didn't know much. I don't think I'd read the Bible through the whole way at that point. Like, sure. I knew very... I had my Sunday school answers, and that was about it. And he was asking all these, like, theological questions. And I'm just like, I don't know, like, trying to answer as best I could. But I very easily could have been like, why are you asking? Mm. Do you really want to have answers to these things? Or are you just trying to prove that I'm wrong? You know? And if you really want answers, I know a church just down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They might be better Mm. equipped for this. One of the cooks, a few days later, he, like, asked me some random question along the same lines. And I was like, another one? Like, I was so stressed out. And then he kind of laughed and he's like, no, I'm just teasing you. That guy's being ridiculous. And I was like, like, this cook wasn't a Christian or anything either. But, like, the empathy or, like, I don't know. Like, it it was very relieving to me to be like, okay, so I'm not crazy thinking that this guy's going a little overboard. Yeah. (laughs) But he was, yeah, he was just on a mission to attack. And try to just, yeah, and make you feel foolish or whatever. Maybe not even to make you feel foolish, but just that to just reaffirm to himself that Christ is false and not real. Yeah. Which is foolishness, but. That kind of sounds like um, Evolution versus God, the video I watched a while ago. Mm -hmm. Like he was with a bunch of, like he was doing it with a bunch of other people. Some of them want, was okay with them being on TV, but without their faces. Um, uh, and, like, he just asked them a question, they answered, and when they were about to talk some more about something else, he asked them another question and just, like, kept hitting them with questions over and over to get them to believe more in God than in uh, evolution, because, well, guy, it's definitely false. And then later on, well, maybe it could be true. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. You should watch it. It's very, it's very neat. It, it sounds like you're saying a kind of an opposite thing than what we're actually talking about, though. Sounds like the Christians were just bombarding him with questions to make him feel foolish. Which yeah. is not a smart way to go and not a very good tactic. But it was working. <laughs> but was it? It might have caused him to question his own beliefs, but it wasn't really calling him to repentance. The Bible says God calls us by his grace, not by his wits, not by his outsmarting us. Making somebody feel foolish and just trampling all over them is not loving or kind. I don't know if that's what he was exactly doing, but I, I'm not oh. sure. Maybe, okay. Well, maybe it's just, that's just how it sounded when we... Like, it sounded like he was just bombarding them with questions, I think. Oh, well, that's not a good way to go. I don't know. You should watch, you watch it and tell me what you think. <laughs> Ruby. The authority of Jesus. What does God want my life to look like? Not to fear people when following Jesus. Verse 26. When the Pharisees were fearing people, 
it's not necessarily that they were fearing him because they were following Jesus, but, like, they were afraid to answer because they might get mobbed by people. But, like, if someone asks you a question about Jesus, to answer truthfully. Yeah. Even if that answer is, I don't actually know, I have to look into it. Yep. Or I need to go talk to my pastor or whatever. Somebody who has more, maybe has more wisdom and knowledge of the Bible. All right. Uh, Rosella? For? The authority of Jesus questioned. Authority of Jesus. What I wrote for the authority of Jesus challenged is he basically said, I do not need to answer you. <laughs> I like that. Yep. <laughs> he didn't need to answer them. And he was, and he was I think, willing to. If they truly were seeking information, but they wouldn't answer him, so they obviously had other motivations and interests. (laughs) I mean, it's just wise to be like, do we agree on this? Okay, then we're not going to agree on anything else I have to say. Absolutely. It comes with a lot of things with like, when it comes to like sinful lifestyles and stuff that people want to like hit people with all the time. And it's like, well, this is against the Bible. Well, I don't believe in the Bible. So... There you go. Then you should. That's what you should have been seeking first. Be like, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus Christ? And then that can, if they decide to accept him, will lead them to recognize the sin in their own life eventually, at least. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jadefire. Just favorite. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. The favorite of the week. I wrote, what can we learn about God? And I, for my answer is that he is cunning. I, you, I prefer the term clever for him, but yes. <laughs> What's the difference between clever and cunning? Cunning usually has a negative connotation to it, like you're trying to trick people. And he wasn't really trying to trick them. He's just smarter than them. He's just smarter. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying... I could be wrong about cunning, but that's how it comes across to me. So that's why I prefer clever (laughs) for Jesus, because he's not malicious. So he's like a raptor is what you're saying. Yeah. He's a Ravenclaw, not a Slytherin. Right. (laughs) Too bad you're a Slytherin. (laughs) Some would take a lot of offense and call it blasphemy to compare him to a house in Hogwarts. <laughs> what were you going to say? Moving on. The parable of the two sons. Oh, this is my last one. Sounds about right. All right. Big Mama, do you want to start us off on that one? God watches our actions, not just what we say we'll do. Because what we say is part of our actions. So, you know, you got to mm. put a guard over your mouth. Mm-hmm. But when we say or plan on this or that or the other thing that doesn't count it's what we're actually doing when the time comes yeah yep yeah i mean yeah that's very much what this parable is about and so i would be surprised for some similar ish answers mine is certainly similar um i mean that's the point ruby what do you have for it what does god want my life to look like to listen to any prophets he sends to us um This is more from verse 32, so not really the parable itself. Sure. But it says, John came to show you the path of righteousness, yet the despised and outcasts believed in him, but you did not. When you saw them churn, you neither repented of your ways nor believed his word. Mm -hmm. Which is what the parable is about. Because it had the people that claimed to be doing what God wanted, or said they were going to, and then they didn't do it. But I mean, it's more of the sun, but like from the parable. Yep, no, I, I, I get you. I totally get you. Alright, Rosella. For... The parable of the two sons. Yeah, that's exactly what mine is. Perfect. Okay, whatever is, do not lie for the first one did, but the second one, well, so, the first one 
said he was not going to do it because he didn't want to. Mm-hmm. The second one said he was going to do it but never did it, so therefore lied. Mm-hmm. But then the first one did it. So did the first one lie? I don't know. I think it would be yes. I don't think so. He just changed his mind. He said say. I don't want to. He didn't say I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> mine specifically says I will not, he answered. But oh. later he changed his mind and went. <laughs> well, mine says he answered I don't want to. But later uh, he changed his mind and he, went. He said I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather like not. <laughs> I'd rather not. Which is true. He, did, he would rather not probably. Or at least at the time. But yeah, mine does specifically even say he changed his mind. But afterward, mine he, too. But afterward, he deeply regretted what he said to his father, changed his mind, and decided to go work to uh, to go to the vineyard. Mine says, "I will not." But afterward, he changed his mind. Are you an NIV? She has ESV. Oh, ESV is similar. No, my cover's gone. Oh. All right. Yeah, that's an ESV. Jade fire. <laughs> what can we learn about God? That he is good at using, uh, he has a good way to tell us about the world. Tell me more about that. Um, so, mainly at the end. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent, and you believe and believe him. So they were like the second one who said they wanted it, but didn't actually go for it. Mm. And the tax collectors and prostitutes never said, or they said they didn't want it, but then they did go for it. So just in general, his parables are good at explaining the world to us? Yeah. Okay, so it's not specific to this parable. It's just, no! Okay, got He's it. just saying what, got, what he's good at doing, and he got that from this section. Cause, that makes sense. This yeah. is a parable section. Yep. Going back around, mine is similar to Big Mama's. I just basically highlighted the parable. And my note is, we often resist change and growth, and we often and resist submitting as well mm-hmm. but the imp- feels so uncomfortable but once you like get in it's like getting into a cold pool yeah <laughs> like it's like ah, 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 i don't want to i don't want to and then you're in you're like oh okay uh, this, yeah, this is not so bad yeah <laughs> um but the important thing is that we eventually stop resisting and follow god's plan that's the important thing because we're, we're often going to do this but the, the resisting resisting part uh, so to say the words but not mean them is of no real use. We might think there's use because it may give us glory among men because they'll hear us say these things that we're going to do. It's like, oh, that's great. Like politicians lies, right? <laughs> yeah. But that will not work with God nor have any meaning beyond this very temporary existence. So we need to go and stop resisting and actually do the thing. It's okay that you didn't want to. Sometimes it's even more admirable that you didn't want to do it and went and did it for other people. Yeah. Not necessarily for God. He's just happy that you're going to go do it. (laughs) Thank you for submitting and following my ways. (laughs) For some reason, this all makes me think about, too, when he says to not do your good deeds before men to be seen because then you'll already have received your reward. Mm. But do them quietly with your face arranged properly. (laughs) Yeah. 
Because um, I'm one who gives empathy very easily and also wants empathy a lot. So if people don't know what I'm going through, I'm not going to get that empathy, right? True. <laughs> so it's hard for me to arrange my face properly sometimes. <laughs> because not that I necessarily need anything from other people or need them to do something or make it easier. I just want them to know what I'm going through. Yeah. But even that can steal some of my reward. And that's not okay. Nope. So. Anyway, carry on. All right. The Parable of the Tenants. This should be mine and Jadefire's last section. The Parable of the Tenants. Arizona did this one. <laughs> Jadefire, why don't you, you go ahead and start this one. Question. What can you learn about God slash Jesus? That he, re- that he was rejected, but is but now is the cornerstone. Like, if we didn't have him, we would have all gone to hell. Yep. Yep. And also, I really like uh, the area I pulled this from. 42. Jesus said to them, have you ever read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone? Then I have a little footnote. Or that's uh, capstone or cornerstone. Mm -hmm. cornerstone. The Lord has done this. And it is marvelous to our eyes. Um, then let me just grab Acts quick. Acts four eleven. He is the he is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone or cornerstone. Yep. They have the same footnotes. So was Jesus quoting something from the future? I just remember it from being this from this. This is where. I'm... Okay, that still didn't answer my question. No. I mean, he said, have you not read in the Gospels? No, not in or the Gospels. G- scriptures, that's what I meant. The Gospels are what's written about him right now uh, in this thing here. So, yeah, no, they're both quoting the Old Testament. Looks like it's a Psalm 118, 22, and 23. Oh, Comes that's from, from Psalm 118? I believe so. That's what they were singing on the triumphal entry. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, according to my footnote here, it looks like it's Psalm 118, 22, and 23. I didn't look it up, so I don't know. But Interesting. All right, so we're going to go a little backwards here. Rosella, what do you have for this section? The parable of the tenants? Yes. Do not be blinded by sin. How were they blinded by sin? What, what were they blinded to? They were blinded for riches. No, they were blinded to God's prophets and son, because that's what the parable is about. Yeah. They were blinded to what the God's messages that he was sending through his prophets and son, and then they killed them. And so you don't want to do that. You don't want to be blind to what you want and your interpretation of things. You want to be listening for God and his messages. All right. Big Mama, what do you got? The parable of the vineyard owner, right? Uh, Yes. Mine says tenants, but yes. Um, I really didn't have a whole lot of note on that. Oh, that's fine. But I do like how it is such a perfect... Uh, analogy like a lot of the times the analogies it's like oh, okay i can kind of see this he takes a very complex concept and well i guess not that complex, but like he sums up the old testament in a little parable <laughs> i just thought that was kind of cool because yeah. they treated the prophets real bad <laughs> yes they and did they did the same thing with jesus that they did so i highlighted therefore when the owner of the vineyard comes what will he do with those do to those tenants he will bring those wretches to a wretched end they replied and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time 
And mine is probably similar, to, it looks like, to Rosella's. But we should be watching uh, for God. So we can't be blind, right? We need to, can't watch if you're blind. And his, So we should be watching for God and his son and recognize that he is the owner of what we have. Everything we have. He owns it. Mm. Our life, our breath, <laughs> the air, everything. Not that we own the air necessarily, but everything. So we shouldn't be so foolish as to reject the one who provides life or we will lose it. Rosella! Your next section. My next section is the parable of the wedding thief. Nice. God wants everyone in a, to come, but not ev- all come. So, like, he wants everybody to go to heaven, but not everybody is able to because they are blinded by sin <laughs> that's true <laughs> yep. they choose not to accept the invitation right yes yeah it basically says that in romans yeah well it says it here for many are invited but few are chosen it says that without a parable in romans <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> all right good uh did you want to say anything for this section big mom or you want to wait till we go over it with everybody um, else next week i don't always know if i'll be here next week that's true so. all right Lay it on us. Um, do I dare go into Calvinism and Arminianism? <laughs> Just the point that... I've touched it plenty. <laughs> what are you doing touching it? Just feeling offended? Anyways. Um, the ones who were invited actively declined the offer. Um, which shows that there was a choice there. Yep. It wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't forced. It wasn't... I want you to come to my wedding. You're coming. <laughs> it was, here's the invitation. It's out there. Are you coming? No. Okay, let's go invite some other people. <laughs> so, yeah, people make the choice whether they want to accept Jesus into their life or not. And, um, yeah, and that's kind of from Romans as well. So Yeah, anyway. I, I actually, because I've, I've made sure to have two notes because I had a little... Uh, comment about that just based off that last verse of 14 for many are invited but few are chosen so mm-hmm. wouldn't those invited also be chosen like why wouldn't they be if they were invited right but that's because they don't accept the invitation and allow themselves to be dressed for the occasion hence be mm-hmm. cleansed and cleaned and yeah. changed being dressed because it's the, the one that does show up later yep like yeah i belong here <laughs> but he didn't get changed he didn't accept it <laughs> yeah he wanted it bef- as it was too late Yep. So, yeah, I have some issues with the Calvinist concept. Based. I on mean, we're not like this. hardcore Armenianism, no. Armenists either. But I saw, I was reading articles about this just last night. And it said, I'm not a Calvinist or an Armenianist. I'm a Biblicist. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's perfect. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do believe that there is a choice. Like, he does choose people, but he chooses a category of those that accept the invitation. Yes. And are dressed. And are dressed. All right. Paying the imperial tax to Caesar. Paying taxes to Caesar. What you got, Rosella? God slash Jesus has all the answers. He has all the answers. Well, he does have all the answers. (laughs) Good. Oh. Good thing to recognize. This is the trap section. Yep. And he has, yeah, he's able to answer both questions, like this trapped question that they present to him. I think I just read that one today. That would make sense since you're one behind and it was mine yesterday. Yeah, my note was to recognize how meaningless worldly things really are in the light of God's kingdom. Hmm. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to application. I'm ready. 
I remember mine from last time. Oh, do you? Well, I will look forward to what you have to say in a second. Go ahead, Ruby. My application last week was to forgive. Hmm. I think it's going pretty well. Well, I know that the biggest struggle for forgiveness is those that harm you over and over again, in whatever way they do. And I know there's people at this table that have done that. And how are you going along with forgiving them of those kinds of hurts? I think it's been okay. Okay. I know I was trying to help you encourage you a little bit last night, but... Yeah, I don't think there was anything to do. No, I don't, I don't think there probably... I mean, I'm not around the whole time, but I'm just... All right, and... What is your application this week? Oh, application this week. To be ready to receive God's prophets and not just to hear them, but to actually, like, listen to them. Like, mm. to be ready to listen to what they have to say and I might not know everything and, like, to accept what they have. Yep. Not just be like, okay, I'm listening. Then... Yeah, you do that to me. <laughs> okay. You get that attitude. The, the, the facial expression was very familiar to me. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm hearing you. You, I'm upset with you, but okay. <laughs> I don't get that look a lot. I get it every now and then, but not a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I get it a lot, but I definitely get it. Oh, you get that look from me? Yeah. Wait, what was your application for this week? To be ready for God's prophets and not oh. just to hear them, but to listen to them. What prophets? I guess I was waiting for more to know, like, what exactly you meant by that, because it's not like we have John the Baptist knocking on the door. It's true. It's <laughs> a good point. Like, what do you mean exactly? Just in general, anyone who God sends, or... I don't know. Sounds all scholarly, but I don't get how you're actually applying this here. Yeah, how can you apply this information? It makes sense in my head, but I don't know what it's I think it's more just listening to God's commands and not being like she can be with me, right? Where she's like, oh, oh, I'm listening, but not really listening. And taking them to heart, listening yeah. to God's yeah. guidance and taking it to heart. Would you say that would be accurate? That's probably accurate. Okay. I, yeah. I can accept that. Rosella, what was your application last time? Um, to not, like, not to bottle things up. Mm. Like my application before that one. It was the same. Yeah. And how do you think it's been going? Uh. Well, I can tell you for sure there was an instance where things did suddenly happened to you and you, like, without you being a present. And so when you arrived, you were upset and I could tell, but you did not voice it or anything and you just bottled it up. <laughs> when was this? Uh, we were watching TV the other night and her bed spot was where I always sit. And okay. so I sat there, and Juby sat next to me, and Vi-Vi was on top of me. So we were all kind of just, like, crowded in that spot. And I could tell when she sat on the arm, just kind of at the very edge of it, that she was frustrated that she couldn't be in her spot like she wanted to. But, of course, I addressed it, brought her over to me, and, like, so we were able to cuddle as well. Which I think she enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. It was much nicer once once it was the subject was taken care of, right? Yes. Yeah. And in those situations, you don't have to, like, freak out. That's what I'm trying to teach the boys, especially mm. lately. You don't have to lose your, flip your lid just because things aren't how you want them to be. That's not the opposite of not bottling it up. Right. You can just say, hey, I was hoping to sit there. Can we find something that works? You know, Rosella. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that you have to lose your mind and get in trouble for having a temper fit. Just saying something in a calm voice is all you have to do. It's hard. 
I know. <laughs> There's a lot of emotion that you're feeling, and so it's hard to... You figure if you don't bottle it up, you're going to either be crying or yelling, or both, when you bring it up, right? Yes. And you don't want that, because then some people, maybe like me, would be frustrated with you and also not respond well, which is a bad thing on my part, which is why I'm trying to help you along with some of these things and be like you can bring it up and i understand that there's a lot of emotion and you get teary and i'm trying not to get after you every time you cry okay like when we just played foursquare the other night you were having a really tough time with things that were happening in the game but then i came to you and i just gave you a hug instead of like getting after you for it i'm like i understand it's frustrating and difficult right yeah wasn't that nice yes yeah and people might not react well when you cry but that doesn't mean that it's not okay to cry. Yeah. Like, I'm learning that more and more all the time, that it's totally fine to just cry over something that makes you want to cry, and then move on with life afterwards. Because, like, the reason we feel like it's not okay to cry sometimes, I know for mom that it's happened for sure, is because it makes other people uncomfortable because they don't know what to do about it, or they're frustrated because they don't, like, they're not trying to cause that, or whatever. But that doesn't matter if they're uncomfortable about it. <laughs> yeah. You're upset and you're crying, okay? That's fine. Now, don't wallow in your grief. Don't continue just because you don't want to deal with the situation or whatever. But it's okay to cry. And there will be people that it does make uncomfortable. That's on them. Yep, that's, that's all not your problem. Them. That's not your problem. Nope. <laughs> so when I'm uncomfortable, when you're crying, it's usually my problem. Yep. <laughs> usually... Or when people get really stressed out that you're sad and they don't want you to be sad. Well, too bad. I am for a minute. Calm down. Right. I'll be fine in a minute. <laughs> Jesus cried. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. No, when I'm upset, everyone wants to give me a hug. And only, like, two people give me a hug. Just say no thank you. <laughs> like, at Nationals, I literally ducked under somebody's arm. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm very empathetic. I want to make people feel better, but I also have learned that people don't always feel better by me making them feel better. So I just give yeah. them space. <laughs> Rosella likes her hugs. Well, from certain people. See, you and the old man are the two that can hug me, but everybody else, I'm just gonna. Right? Sometimes I can't even do that. So. Can't uh, even what? Sometimes I'm not allowed to do that even. Yeah, depending on why you're crying. <laughs> I reach out for you. Don't touch me. <laughs> You'll be a mean. Not usually. Right. Well, what's your application this time? Is it the same, or is it something different? Yeah, probably just to continue. That's perfectly fine to keep working on that. It's it's a hard thing to get over. I get it. Especially if people get mad at you for crying. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> or tell you to just stop crying on the basis of you shouldn't be crying. <laughs> like, not saying for you, but just like in general, people are like. Oh. I've definitely strayed into that territory. Yeah, and I think the general understanding in our society that is that if someone is crying, you are obligated to do something, Possibly. whether it's appease them, take them into consideration. Like there is something that you now have an obligation. Their tears are causing an obligation for you. And that's just not true. Yeah. And it's really exhausting to an emotional person to not be allowed to just cry like i feel like there'd be so much more emotional health if like crying didn't have such a stigma around it but that's my soapbox you can have i i agree <laughs> and i'm definitely part of the problem because this is just something i've learned and i am uncomfortable with the crying a lot of times right and so i'm definitely working hard on it i know at least sometimes i still like 
why are you crying over this? <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> it's not usually against you, but uh, no. Um, but You're like with especially with me. especially like with Rosella, because like she is a more emotional person and younger and stuff, and so I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> like why? Which doesn't like. And I'm not even necessarily doing it to be mean when I say it that way, but it's going to feel that way. It's going to feel like shaming or whatever, and I don't mean to do that, and I'm very sorry. I mean, I was even doing that on Monday. Like, we get up, we start school, and everybody's crying about every subject, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I was so confused why there were so many tears over school. Like, I wasn't being in a snippy mood, like... It wasn't like I sprung this extra school day. Like, it was Monday morning. It's time to do school. I think I'm always fearful of being... A, a part of my problem is that I'm always alert and overvigilant about being manipulated in any way. Mm-hmm. And I think there are people that do use that to manipulate people. Because it will get them their way. Because it does cause people to be uncomfortable and want to fix it, right? Yeah. And so... I think my mind automatically a lot of times goes into, oh, they're just trying to get their way with the tears. Sure. And that's why I am like, I react so badly to it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's not what a lot of you are doing when that's, that's happening, but yeah, that's no. what my mind goes to for some reason. No, you're that's, not the only one. I've heard that before. Yeah. So I think that's a big issue that I, I just need to, con- to continue to wrestle with because I also need to not be so overvigilant on being manipulated. I just need to trust God, okay? <laughs> yeah, if I ever fall into a situation kind of like that, I'll be like, I'm confused. I don't know why they're crying, so just stop. I yeah. want I mean, to know what's going on. There are times when I want people to understand how important something is to me, but I don't like, I, I, I don't know if I could purposely cry to get that accomplished. <laughs> There might have been points in my life when I could, but I don't think that's... Well, because it, right it kind of ties back to the whole don't screw up your face, right? Yeah. And I feel like some people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a reason there's a warning for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just, yeah. Anywho, something we can all yeah. work on. Alright. <laughs> I love you. love you. Alright, what was my application from last time you were here? Last Big time more. I was here? Yes. Uh, I don't know, because I had to leave to get people ready for Awana. The time before that was keeping your temper and tone in check. Still need to work on that. It's been a lot better lately. It has been better, and you've been very receptive and appropriate when it's pointed out. Yeah, you've been a lot more willing to receive correction, which has been wonderful. Yes. When I say, try that again, (laughs) how many times have you heard that in the last three days? Just last night. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Like, just that recently, not last night's the only time you've heard it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And your application this week? I don't want to add anything extra right now, so I want to just keep focusing on my keeping my temper and tone in check, because my application for this week actually might have been uh, to keep, to not be quick to anger. Mm-hmm. And that all ties in, so. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Just and, just, and just continue being receptive to explanations and correction. Because these days, when I talk to you and to explain things to you, it doesn't feel like it's bouncing off of you like a wall anymore. <laughs> it's true. It's nice. So, I don't remember what mine was last week. Uh, I think it might have had something to do with being alert, but I don't remember. It'd just be watching for God's word and direction and stuff like that, but that might have been the other Bible study too. Maybe it was both. I don't know. <laughs> it all blends together. What is God working on in your life? <laughs> but honestly, I think a big part of it is just 
recognizing where people are at and where my responsibilities actually lie like with the whole crying and stuff right yeah like that's obviously an area i need to continue to improve on and i'm working on and we've talked about it for a while so it seems to be a big subject at the moment so i think things like that just recognizing where people are at and where my responsibility of it lies and to let go of things that aren't my responsibility i don't need to answer every problem or question that comes my way there's a lot of them around which does tie into some of what we read tonight so (laughs) or today how about you big mama Nothing in here really stands out, I don't think. Well, it doesn't even necessarily have to come from this. Anything God's been working on your heart lately at all? Um, currently, um, keeping up with, was it my last thing? Yeah, regular Bible reading. Mm. <laughs> um, and better tones around the house, my own tone. Which kind of goes into the not screwing up the face, right? <laughs> oh, sure. So I've been trying to do that, and also um, stay regularly reading the scripture, which I've been focused on. And um, for our other Bible study, we're do- going through Romans, which is thick. And so I have been trying very hard to stay on top of it and take my time through it so that I'm not just reading it the day before, but I'm actually studying it on the days leading up to that Bible study. Um, so continuing on with that application is what I'm doing in my life in general. Hmm. So. I guess mine's continued from last time as well. Well, on that note, do you want to close us out in prayer, Big Momo, since it was your turn a couple weeks ago? Yeah, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you want us to know you and you already know us completely. That there isn't anything we can do or think or say that you aren't already aware of, so there is no reason to feel shame, especially since you've covered everything for us. Um, Help us to live freely in that and to disregard any shame that other people try to put on us, and um, also any obligations that other people make us feel like we have. Let us just throw those off and just focus on what you have for us, and move forward um, with the freedom that you give in the light yoke that you have for us to carry, that we would be able to actually take these applications and apply them wholeheartedly Not like the son who said we're going to do this and then didn't, but the ones who say this is going to be hard, but we're going to do it and then actually do it. Um, And help us to trust you and lean on you throughout all of it. In your name, amen. Amen. Yeah, we're a a split household. I I only come every couple... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You are only here every couple of days. (laughs) That's true, but it's just work. Work is your mistress. Work is my mistress. Married to his work. I'm definitely not married to my work. Um, She's a very low needs, unemotional mistress. No drums or drugs right now. Except for the time. It's a drum drug free zone. Nobody wants to hear me high pitch singing off key. And stop smoking your pencil. No drugs. Not even pencils. Reproduction. Reproduction. Oh, man. You can hack the Bible app. I can't. <laughs> Evergreen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's Mr. Evergreen. Mr. Evergreen. They call me Mr. Pig. Oh, it's all the way over there. Nobody else can get it, though, can they?